Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome to the one, the only Hogcock podcast, live from the Sterling Soap and Roastery Studios, part of the Believe in Buzz Radio Networks on 106.7 in Central Arkansas. All live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark. I'm your host, Porter Hayes, and we are also brought to you by Bet Online. Continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And we go to the Meadows Lumber Hotline and bring in Coach Matt Zimmerman or Coach Z, as everybody <laughs> likes to call you. I really appreciate yeah. uh, your time. I mean, busy, busy time for you for basketball and appreciate you coming on. Uh, you're welcome, Porter. Uh, appreciate you inviting me. And yeah, it's it is a busy time. And I started working the football broadcast. Um, I do some pregame. We have a three hour pregame show. So when I when we were let go in basketball in 2019 from the Razorbacks, I thought, well, I can go to University of North Carolina Asheville, and I had some other places I could go coach. Or coach was offered some tremendous high school jobs. Or I have to stay here. And I said, if I stay here, I got to do more than just. You know, you got to hustle, yeah. right? You mm-hmm. got to find things you can do. And so I was fortunate enough. I got to start working the football broadcast, and David Shoemaker said, Hey, I think you would be good at doing some pre, because they have a three hour pregame show. So I do some interviews, a couple, two or three a week. And um, so football, you know, I'm, it, it's awesome. But then all of a sudden you throw basketballs in now with Coach Musselman, we start basketball really in October games. Uh, you know, there are exhibitions yeah. and the red, white, and all that. But we had three pretty organized big time events in October for men's basketball. And then also fortunate enough to get to do some women's basketball games on sec network. Plus they're coming up around the corner. So I try to juggle men's and women's basketball and football until we get through the football season. November is October's busy, but November is very, very busy for me. And I just absolutely love it. <laughs> I'll tell love you what, Quinn's got it easy because if you look at between like what you and Chuck and Phil I mean, between women's, I don't know how Phil does it with women's basketball and his stuff with the football. Then he goes into yep. baseball along he with doing half time. He's mean, got all three going. <laughs> that guy, he's just, he loves the, the sports. And you love the Razorbacks. And, and that's one thing, you know, when you started doing the basketball and stuff with, with Chuck, you know, you, you bring that passion that, of course, with Chuck, being from Clarksville, you coached at Dardanelle. So, I mean, you yeah. bring a different aspect when you know – the, the culture of Arkansas, and it shows when you're passionate and you're talking about – I love it because me, like I love high school basketball. When you get at the refs, it's, it almost feels like I'm in a high school game back at Ozark because <laughs> right. our fans, they knew the ref by name. So it was it was yeah. so many of them old school yeah. moments, but just how much fun. And plus, you know, talking about this game with Purdue, I mean, electric atmosphere in – I mean, did you expect it to be a sellout? I mean, we knew a lot of people would come, but did you expect yeah. that thing to be a sellout? Just how electrifying was that for an exhibition? Well, it was an incredible atmosphere, and I did think it would be a sellout. Purdue, when we announced the game, when I first heard about it from Coach Todd Lee back, I don't know, probably started hearing about it maybe in June or something like that, I thought, man, Purdue's going to be a top-five team, and they got Edie back, who's the reigning national player of the year. Our fans will eat that up, and uh, – 
And then, you know, you still don't know what day of the week is going to be. Is it going to be a Monday, yep. Tuesday, third? What's, what's it going to be on? Which does impact attendance a little yes. bit, even for the Razorbacks. And then when you find out that they've done a great job of putting this together in Porter, they're going to have it on the football open date on a Saturday. <laughs> yep. You're like, oh, that's yeah. a grand slam. Exactly. And so it worked out great. And I was not surprised because the, the program's hot. The arena's sold out. And so if you're Chase Melder in Dardanelle, Arkansas, who played for me, played against you in high yep. school, he's a state trooper. Uh, he's got kids. He's got a wife. You know, he's busy. He's got a lot going on. But these tickets went for sale, and they weren't part of the season ticket package, which helped other Razorback fans. So a guy like Chase Melder could get on there, and he could buy good seats and sit in really good location that he probably is not going to get to sit in normally because those are people that have had those seats for years and years and years in their family. So, number one, I was not surprised it was sold out, but number two, I knew that it would be – a wild, kind of like the North Little Rock basketball game mm-hmm. is every year. They're, they're so amped up down there. And they they don't normally get to see us against number three, Purdue. They see us more against uh, Hofstra or, you know, or UT Arlington or uh, we've played SEMO there before. You know, people like that that you play in December. But to get Purdue, you get fans that don't get to see the Hogs on a daily basis, on a regular basis, and they wanted to be there. They wanted to share. That's the way it was back in the day, Porter, the Little Rock yep. football game. It was all those people that yep. didn't see the Hogs every single Saturday. They got an opportunity to see them, and they showed out. And they were loud, and they cheer at a different thing. And yes. do our season ticket holders, Porter, are they great? They are. They, they're, the, they're great. Um, but those people on Saturday were kind of, a, to me, a little fraction above that just because of the excitement. You know, a season ticket holder, a lot of them are people that, you know, have had those tickets a long time. Some of them are money people, and some of them, they're all going to cheer. They're going to stand up. They're going to call the hogs. They're going to, But they may not be going nuts. You know, a, yeah. a 60-year-old man that maybe is a millionaire, he, he's going to cheer <laughs> to a level, right? Yeah. Whereas, whereas a 32-year-old that replaced him Saturday and his family, they're just going nuts, and they love it. And I, I love that. about There was people from Russellville that I don't ever see at games, folks from Dardanelle, and they, they come to games when they can get tickets. Good friend of mine from Conway, he comes once or twice a year when I can get him tickets. He got these tickets on his own. He was there, his wife, three kids. He was going bananas. It was awesome atmosphere, and I loved it for those people. And we we know how this fan base is. You talk about the nostalgia, and it brings back the days of the Barnhill days where they had to build Bud Walton Arena because the fa- there were so many people wanting to get into the stadium. I mean, I, if, if memory serves me correct, it was because of Walton couldn't get into a game and he was sitting in Frank Burles' seat <laughs> that they built Bud Walton Arena. So you, yeah. you just bring back that and also, you know, for a great cause, to, for the tornado victims and stuff. Yeah. And, and to be able to throw that in there, and I don't know if they gave an exact dollar or an estimate on how much they were able to raise for that mm-hmm. cause, but anytime you can throw that – Kudos. There was, there was a, we said on the show uh, on Sunday, you know, there's a few knuckleheads that were salty about the game, but overall, there was nothing but hospitality and grace from the Purdue fan base of thank you for allowing us to come down here. Thank you for playing us. Your fans were amazing. And I know one thing that when we do it in baseball and you always have like the Connecticut teams are always that Cinderella mm-hmm. team that comes and play and they embrace them. It's always NJIT. really good to see. Yeah, Remember that? <laughs> it's really good to see the other fan bases talk about being treated and that that what we call Southern hospitality. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And I know Matt Painter, the head coach at Purdue, known him through recruiting, known him probably 20, 25 years. And I messaged him last week, and I said I had not talked to him since the game had come out. And I messaged him last week and said, Coach, looks like you're going to have another good basketball team. I can't believe you're coming to Fayetteville, <laughs> but I'm glad that you yep. are. It's a great cause, and you're doing a great thing. And he said, Zim, I thought about you. He said, uh, we need this. We're looking forward to this, and we're going to hope this helps us down the road this season. Because remember, everyone's talked about it, especially last week in the preparation. You know, the last two times they've played, hit the floor. The Boilermakers have lost to Fairleigh Dickinson, who was a 16 seed, yep. only the second time in history that's happened. And then they come to Bud Walton Arena, play a tremendous game, lose in overtime in a very hostile environment. If Purdue played Fairleigh Dickinson, like they did the Razorbacks on Saturday. Oh, it, yeah. It, it, they would have smacked Fairly exactly, Dickinson. Exactly. And that's but, just the, and that's so, the beauty of March. You know, that's, yeah, the, beauty that's the beauty of March. And the majestic of March Madness. And I was really talking about, you know, coming into the season and knowing the big game. I mean, that does nothing. And biggest takeaway I got from the game, of course, you got the hype coming in, but it was the defense and yep. the ball movement. You know, it seemed like, and that was the difference. You look at these freshmen that played last year, and they have this leadership coming back. And I didn't see one highlight where it was one pass and then shoot. It was two, three passes, find the open man. And when you're knocking down the shots, and you build that trust in game one of when I pass it to the old man, he's going to hit the shot. They're doing that kind of ball in October. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, Coach, but – this team's going to be scary. If they're playing that balanced and that where they trust each other and that chemistry, I, I can't wait yeah. till February, March, if this team really yeah. gets to clicking. That, absolutely. We look like a team that could be playing in the Final Four, <laughs> and it's October. And, it you know, we got a long ways to go. we yes. got to go through November, December, January, February. Unfortunately, they don't just send us to Phoenix in the Final Four. Yeah. we got a lot of way – to, to, a lot of battles to do to, to do it, but you're right. Number one was the defense. It was incredible. You hold Purdue to 38%. You forced 20 turnovers, and you had 14 steals. If you have 14 steals in a game, if you average that, mm-hmm. you'll lead the nation in steals by about three. I was on a coach a team at UAB. We led the nation in steals, and we had about 13. Most time, it's about 11. It'll lead 12. We'll lead the we'll lead the lead we'll lead the country in steals sometimes. It'll definitely lead the SEC. So to have 14 steals, Porter, that's pretty incredible. And Zach Eady was frustrated. He was not a huge factor. And he played pretty well at times. He was bad in the first half. Um, the referees didn't let him play much. They <laughs> yeah. did call some fouls on him. Um, he had five fouls. Uh, he, he fouled absolutely on two of them. One of them I thought could have gone either way. I thought two of them. Uh, you hate to see those blown in an exhibition game. Yes. Because our fans wanted to yeah. see Zach Eady play, mm-hmm. too. Nothing against the officials. They're also in exhibition, and they've got a very difficult job. So, But it, the fact that a fact, if you watch it, I think there's a couple of them you're like, okay, well, that's a pretty good break <laughs> yeah. for us. But Eady was frustrated, and he plays 24 minutes. He has 15 points, 9 rebounds. This is a guy that averages 22 and 13. And to go from 22 and 13 – and to have 15 and nine, the biggest play of the game was Shaman Mark making the left side three. Yep. The biggest non-play or the biggest play for Purdue that they couldn't make was Zach Eady battling through that traffic, clearing space, missing that dunk. If he makes that dunk down the stretch, yeah. 
they build a cushion of a lead, and we might have still beat them, but it would have been a little bit harder. Steady missed the dunk. And so, you know, it was a, it was a really a tough battle. I think number one, the defense. And and number two is what you, you know, you're talking about, just how they shared the ball, that we were an unselfish team. The guys were giving up. No one was out there gunning. You know, you think back to two years ago, as good as we were with J.D., we finished fourth in the league, made it to the final eight. There was games J.D. might shoot 25 times, Mm -hmm. 23 times, and we're not going to have that this year. I was looking at this uh, the other day, and our leading uh, guy that took the most shots was Caleb Battle, and he's going to get shots up. Caleb's going to gun. He's going to get a lot. He's going to score a lot, and he's going (laughs) to shoot a lot. Caleb had had 11 shots, and then we had L and – L had 10 and Tremont had 10. And uh, that's really good balance. Trevin Brazil, Porter, led us in scoring with 15. He only took seven shots. Yep. He only yep. took seven yep. shots. And so this year is going to be so much balance. There's going to every game, we're going to have five, six, or seven scoring double figures. And another thing that I liked, the third thing that I liked was that when it got down to the wire and you might could have panicked or got frustrated or not known what to do, they stayed under control. Yep. It wasn't the most complicated play. We didn't really run much. It was just a ball screen. And Tremont came off and he was going to read it. And if they'd have came running at Tremont, he'd have kicked it to the next guy. Unselfish play. But he comes off and he stepped up and took the shot. L. Ellis tried to win it in overtime because we got a steal down there. Purdue didn't even get a shot off. With seven seconds left, they turn it over. We race down the floor, and L. Ellis went to the basket and almost won it. He almost won oh, it in regulation. Yeah. And so can you imagine if with 22 and a half seconds left, you're down three, but you win the game in regulation? Can you imagine if that? And it almost happened. So we already know Tremont, Mark, L. Ellis, Devo's done it before. Those three guys are going to be ready to take that last second shot. And I can tell you another guy that's ready to take it right now, and that's Caleb Battle. Yep. He is ready to shoot it at any point in any time. The transfer from Temple's an electric guard. He's tough. He, to me, L is the guy that's going to lead us in scoring. Maybe maybe Trevin Brazil might lead us in scoring. But it, there's going to be a pack of those guys, Porter, that are all going to average 12 to 16 points a game. This isn't going to be a Razorback team where you, you got a guy averaging 20, the next guy averages 15, and the third guy averages 10. This is going to be a bunch of guys averaging 10 to 15 points a game, probably five guys. And on the offensive side, that's going to be a difference. And we're talking about the difference. You know, we've made it to the lead eight. Now, you're, now let's get to the next level. Two things yeah. I wanted to ask you and where we're talking about that conversation was the last two years with Baylor, Duke, you know, you're getting bodied, or not Duke, but UConn. Yeah. You're getting bodied. You're getting bullied. So how much do you think this builds their confidence going up against the big guy and Eddie and being able to hold their own against him and also the fact that you look at the Kentucky game, that they were ahead, electric atmosphere, forced overtime, and then they end up taking the game away. You reverse two of those things. One, you're playing big against a big guy, and then you get forced into overtime, and you come out ahead. I mean, what little things like that can you, when you fast forward to February and March, does those come in handy? Good question. Number one where it comes in big-time handies, we're not going to play a bigger or a more sound big man than Zach Eady. He's huge. He's seven foot four, 300. He's huge. And he makes free throws. 
for the most part. And we will not play a better big man. He, he was a, he's the reigning national player of the year. Do I think he'll be the national player of the year again? He's going to have to have a great yeah. season, number one, because uh, people are going to be firing at him, just like Arkansas was firing at him. And so I don't know if he will be. Maybe he will. But Arkansas, Makai Mitchell, Trevin Brazil, Jalen Graham, when he gets out there, Chandler Lawson, who played very well, uh, Denage Harris, when he gets out there, Devo, all those guys that had to get in there and battle around with Edie, they're going to take confidence from this. And when we're playing Auburn or Texas A&M or Missouri or any of those guys, Stanford over in the Bahamas, they're going to be like, we've, we've played better. We've played the best big man in the country. You know, no offense to the big men at A&M or Vanderbilt or South Carolina. They're not as good as Zach Eady. They're just not. And so that's number one. They're going to get a lot of confidence from that. And number two, the end of the game, kind of as you're talking about, being able to find a way to win that game and to win an overtime game where there's emotions and you're playing at home, pressure's on the home team. You know, um, was I surprised we won? No, I would have been surprised we lost. But I know how Bud Walton is. I coached yep. in Bud Walton. It's a huge home court advantage. Yep. You know, we had we had a great crowd. The team was amped up through the roof. Um, a lot of positives happened. So I'm not surprised that we won. Now, if you had told me, hey, you're gonna you're not gonna have an offensive rebound, and yeah, you know, and the team you're playing's got 14, I would have been like. Well, I hope we found a way to win. And then all, on we, top of that, 17 second chance points to our zero. You, you look zero, at that. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. If you say that, how do you win? <laughs> yeah. Well, we won. We won. This is how we won. We won. We shot 51%. They shot 38%. We won because we forced 20 turnovers. We had 14 steals, you know, and so uh, we were plus five in turnovers. But but we were, min- we were minus 25 Minus 25 in rebounds and fouls. When you combine rebounds and fouls, we were minus 25. If you'd have told me, if you tell me that anytime, I'm going to be like, we probably didn't win. And we, we, we got five back because of the turnovers, but the shooting made the difference. And, uh, and we were a hard defense for them to figure out. You know, Braden Smith's a good player. His mom played at Arkansas Tech. Jenny Moore. I saw her play at Caddo Hills High School. I saw her dad, his dad, play at Arkansas Tech. Dustin Smith, good, tough, hard-nosed player. He comes in here, highly acclaimed, Indiana Mr. Basketball, had a good freshman year. He goes three for ten, seven turnovers. Mm. Just Razorback defense all over him. He's just all over him. And he's he's a tough, gritty kid. He played his heart out. But our guards are good. That's going to be the strength of this team. Nothing against Trevin Brazil, great player. Kai Mitchell, great purpose. Jalen Graham's going to help us on off. So many bigs can help us. But our guards, I'll let you know when we play a team that has better guards. And I don't know if we will. I don't know if we'll play a team with better guards. And that's going to be a big positive. You know, coming in, you're talking about what separates this team in this season because, I mean, one, how do you compartmentalize and really put this game in your pocket? You know, is it, it you did beat Purdue. You played great against them, but you got to put that in your pocket because you're you're going to hit some bumps along the road. You're not going to go undefeated, you know. And this goes for the players and the fans because we all know how the fans are. They go on a two game losing streak and they get beat by some teams they shouldn't. I'm like, how did you play like this against Purdue? But now you're on a three game skid. You know, how do the players really compartmentalize this? Really learn from this game and then keep but keep it in the back of their mind how good they can play, but yet still look ahead at at, at the task because you're not even started the season yet. 
Yeah, and start of the season. I think that they they're very proud of what they achieved. Then you got to let it go. It's not even November yet, so you got to move on from it. Um, that's a huge positive. That's a huge positive. You're going to be able to carry with you December, January, February, March. You're going to have that. But then you got to let it go. The next game's the next game. Now, fortunately, we played first four at home. Uh, they should all four be blowouts. Uh, and now you have fun. Now you build your rotation. Now you figure out your offense, how you want to do it. Now you figure out who's going to go get that offensive rebound that we didn't get Saturday. You figure out who's the guys can I lean on when they're going to get stuff. We're already figuring that out because we saw it the other day. But uh, they're still competing as well. Coach has been saying, hey, i got to figure out my eight-man rotation, right? He's always talks about that. In the years past, he's had a clear eight men. Last year was the first time he didn't have a clear eight men. He played eight most times in a close game, but it wasn't the same eight. Like Jalen Graham didn't play for a minute. The next thing you knew, he was playing, plays a couple games, and he scores 26 points. And then maybe a couple weeks later, he's not playing again. The same way for Kamani, and the same way for Jalen, uh, same way for um, Joseph Binion. You know, he scores 13 twice. And then he's out of the rotation. He's got to fight his way back in. So last year, those eight guys kind of kept changing. He says he's going to be back to that. I'm not sure he will be. <laughs> I don't think he can. Because there's, I don't because think, there's yeah. so much talent. I, You know, the other day we played 10 guys, nine of them played double figures. Now it was exhibition. Yeah. But I think he's going to have a nine or a 10 man rotation. And if he doesn't, and if he just stays in the same coach must, I win and I'm going to have eight guys play, then again, Porter is not going to be the same eight. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to be, it's going to be the same six, and seven and eight are going to, they're going to be seven and eight for a couple games, and then somebody else is going to be the eight, and somebody else is going to be the seven. You know what I mean? And it's going to be 10, 11, 12 guys. Jalen Graham's been out with a little injury. He needs to come back. He's a guy that can score. He's going to be in the rotation when he gets back. So you know, if you're Denage Harris, and if you're Bayfall. You got to bust your tail, keep working, listen to what coach says, and try to. You're waiting on your opportunity, but you got to make sure you're ready when your opportunity comes. We're going to play some people we're going to blow out. In those games, he's going to play everybody for the most part. Sometimes he doesn't like to play them even in a blowout. Yeah. But but for the most part, he's going to play more guys. Porter, you got, if you're Bayfall, you know, even Layden Blocker, who was outstanding, outstanding. You got to you got to say I, I want to play. I want to earn more time. And when you get that opportunity, you got to be ready and you got to play well and you got to impress Coach Musselman and the staff. And we'll we'll let you go with, with this and being around the program for as long as you are being from Arkansas as long. I mean, what would it mean for this fan base? I mean, we're so close in baseball. You see where the football program is. What would it mean to this fan base? We finally must gets over that hump, and Arkansas brings home a national championship, whether it be this team or, or next year or whenever, but just how hungry this fan base is for a national championship and you have the talent to do it, what would it be like? It, it, would, be, it would be absolutely <laughs> incredible. And it is, you know, we don't like to talk about it. We all want to be politically correct, but Razorback fans are so good with, with all their sports. But there's still the tier. There's still, there's still reason that football – can get 76,000. Basketball could too, probably if we had 76,000. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, we could put 76,000 there against Duke, I promise you. But, you know, it's still kind of, you know, tiered, right? But, and we love it when track or softball or soccer win a national championship or, you know, are great. 
cross country, those are big deals. But when those when those top dogs, right? Mm-hmm. And that's no offense to anybody here. That's just exactly. that's just a, it's a money thing. It's a revenue thing. It's just a it's also an attention thing. More people are going to pay attention to football than they are some of the other sports. That's just. Well, and it bleeds Life. over. I mean, look, I've covered the women's side. Over, yes. It does. I've covered the women's side for five years, and you see when the women's basketball team's rolling or the men's basketball team's rolling, people or the baseball. Now they're going to the softball games. They're going to the volleyball games, and then they start getting good. Now yeah, they're breaking absolutely. attendance records. Everybody shares, and I know there's sometimes a battle between, well, why don't you care about this sport? Trust me, when <laughs> I come into this thing five years ago, I was trying to do the same thing. And all you were doing was turning people off. You got to respect where things are. And I've witnessed the growth of all these programs and attendance. And we're talking about basketball. You know, when Musk come in, we've seen it before Musk got here. I I think you couldn't find an open slot on Dixon Street for a week if they won a a national championship. It'd be a never-ending party. Yeah. Well, I I agree. And it would be, it would mean so much to this entire state and, it would be something that I want our young people, I say, you know, the people that are 40 and below, mm-hmm. because now 1990, if you're 40 years old, you remember 1994 because you were 10 years old, right? Um, but pretty much beyond that, people don't remember. I talked to my nephews and nieces and my friends and talking to Razorback players as they come through here. You know, they, they weren't even they weren't even exactly. close to being alive. And I, I remember most every play from the 1994 National Championship game against Duke, and I remember most of the plays in the semis against Arizona. And you just – but I'm an old guy. Mm-hmm. And so it would mean the world to me to see us win it again. But these young people, this is something – they'll be like me down the road. They'll be 55 or 65 or 70, and they'll be talking about all the plays that happened – when they watch the Razorbacks win the 2024 national championship over UConn or over Duke or over whoever, Kansas, that's what they're going to be talking about. So, you know, one time, like, like when we, uh, when we've had some big wins and people would say, well, is this the biggest win? I had someone a couple of years ago, 2022 say, is this the biggest win in school? I was like, wait, you know, we, we've been to six final fours. Yeah. And, the person that was telling me this was my nephew, Ben. And he said, yeah, that's right. I understand. But this is the biggest win in my lifetime. At that time, he was probably 21 years old. Yeah. And so it was. It was the biggest win in his lifetime. You know, if, if when we get a huge football win, it's going to be the biggest win of their lifetime for all of our young people. And that's the future of the program. That's the future of the Razorbacks is all these young fans, and they want to see that. You know, Unless you're 35 or 40 years old, you don't remember Arkansas in the Final Four. You know, no one should be 40 years old in our state and not remember when we were in the Final Four. So that's what we want to change or win that national championship. And I do think it's nothing against baseball. Baseball's incredible, right? And and so close. They might win it this year. How, but basketball, it's been done here. It has been won here. Mm-hmm. And Coach Musselman's got it back to that level again. So now it's a matter of old team, nine guys that are that are in their fourth or fifth year, an old, experienced, tough, gritty team that can maybe win this national championship. I'll tell you this, I study teams. I still got a five-by-eight card in my desk drawer. Then 
wrote it, it was January 1st of 2023 and I wrote down who I thought could win the national championship. This is already after November, after December. And I, I'm writing down who can win the national championship. And I put, I think it was nine teams on that list. UConn won one of them. And, they, and not only did UConn win it, they won it easily. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's out there for the Racerbacks. It is out there. Can Arkansas win the 2024 national championship in basketball? Absolutely they can. There is no question that they can. It's going to be super hard. You're going to have to play great basketball. You've got to create, coach great. You're going to, everyone has got to be at the top of their game. But if you're a Razorback fan, that, that's hopefully what you're pulling for. you know. And, and also, an SEC title would be nice. Some people don't care about that. I do. And we've not won one since the, since 95. Well, I was thinking 2000, the, tournament. SEC the tournament. tournament. Yeah, yeah. The tournament. But you're right, 95 yep. or 2000 for the tournament. So it would be nice to win one of those as well. You know, we finished second four, five, or six times since then, but we hadn't won it. And so I think Coach has got a great team. He's done a great job recruiting these guys and bringing them in. His staff has. And I think that's what the dream has to be. That's what all of us should be hoping for. Yeah, because, you know, you were mentioning people our age. I'm, I'm 41, and, you know, it's nice what happened in the past, but we hear Darren McFadden highlights. We hear Matt Jones highlights. We hear – you know, Scotty Thurman, everybody now, they know him as a high school basketball coach. So it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be nice and refreshing to start making those highlights. And I was thinking that a couple of years ago. You know, when we're when you listen to ESPN Arkansas and, and the radio and they're playing highlights from 20 years ago, it, it's going to be nice when we get to start hearing highlights <laughs> from last year and the year before, right. you know. But, but Coach, see, Absolutely. I, I, I know you got to get out of here. you got the – the Coach Musselman show tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. Appreciate you coming on again and talking ball with me, and hopefully, maybe some on time down the midway part of the season, we'll we'll have you back on and kind of get a recap of the first half of the season and and looking forward to uh, SEC season. Oh, you're very welcome. Yep. Enjoyed it, Porter, and uh, yeah, we'll do it again. And uh, if Dardnell and Ozark get to hook up <laughs> here soon, I hope the Sand Lizards smack oh. them. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The only time go hillbillies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that will do it for this episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. Again, brought to you by Bet Online and Arkansas Brewing Company. We'll catch you tomorrow night when we bring you our weekly women's sports report. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.